President's Day, Maze and Blue Review. Let's get into it. We've got quarterbacks to talk about. Jack is back. How about that for a seventh year in college football? Jack Tuttle granted a waiver to come back to college football. We'll see. Maybe the crazier things have happened. Put that in the category with uh, Tuttle right now. Certainly are going to be discussing that. I also have some Alex Ort, speaking of quarterbacks, Alex Orgy film that I want to look at a little bit with you. It's not very long. It's some of his highlights. And as I was watching it, something jumped out to me with Orgy. So we'll, we'll play that. Also, I have put together a basketball coaching hot list. It is fluid, so fluid. As I was putting it up, I started looking at some of the buyouts, and uh, I'm already going to massage the list a little bit. But we'll start with a Jack Tuttle, who does get that waiver, and he is coming back for uh, to college football, coming back to Michigan for his uh, seventh year, not all seven at Michigan. Uh, he was at Utah, then he went to Indiana, and then Michigan as a grad transfer last year, but he was the backup last season. And we saw, we've seen a little bit of him. saw a little bit of him uh, at IU and he's big. He's six, four. It looks like he's pretty well put together and, he, and he's got some, some wheels. He's, he's pretty mobile. So it's right here. I have on the, the top line, the expectation for the competition, Jack Tuttle or Alex Orgy or Jaden Denigo. I put Davis Warren and he is on the, the backup line. Davis Warren, he can really throw it. He's got a good arm. I'm not going to count him out in a deal with leukemia when he was in high school. So you're not counting Davis Warren out. You 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 probably don't want to go with a true freshman in Jaden Davis. You'd like to see him get some snaps late in some games and then redshirt and then see where he's at next year in terms of the competition. But you know, stranger things have happened there as well. But you know, you start talking about a true freshman, you're usually having problems with the guys in front of them. Ferris right out of the gate with some feedback saying the Tuttle got beat out by Michael Penix. And he says he believes he was a four-star originally, definitely a high floor with him except injury, but maybe a relatively high ceiling. And he's asking that question mark or, or he's got a question mark next to the high ceiling. Yeah. A four-star and, and then Utah. And then he was there at IU when, when Penix was there, Penix was, likely going to be a, a first-round pick in the NFL draft, just like J.J. McCarthy. So he was behind two first-round picks. You think about it. He was the backup last year. And when you start talking about the, the competition, who moves the team and then who protects the ball. Last year in the spring game, if you just based it, you know, that's one of 15 practices. But both Davis Warren and Jack Tuttle were turnover machines in the spring game. They say, wow, neither of those guys. That doesn't mean that they they stay as guys that are, are prone to throwing it to the 
to the defense or coughing it up, that kind of thing. That was just in the in the spring game and what we saw. And then based on who got in last year when JJ went and put his cap on, it was it was Tuttle that that went in and Tuttle had the experience and he got hurt in that one game. It was a it was a cheap shot. It was a late hit. I guess it's kind of the same thing, cheap shot, late hit where he went sliding all the way over to the brick wall, uh, escorted with a shove, and then got banged up. So he could be the the guy. And when you're thinking about seven years and the, the age and what goes into the position at quarterback, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be crazy to think that the Tuttle would be the opener for Michigan on the last day of August when Michigan opens up against Fresno State. Would that be my prediction? No. My prediction is still Alex Orgy. I think he is going to be the guy to, to win that job, but there are plenty of people that are in the Jaden Denigo camp with with everything that, that Denigo brings to the table. And these guys are going to, even if that's what we think right now, it could change when they get into spring. And a little different when you're you're throwing and you don't have somebody trying to tear your head off. You just have that orange jersey, and then, and then also you've you've got quarterbacks with uh, uh, with Orgy, who's definitely a runner, and then Denigal, Kirk Campbell, compared to Ben Roethlisberger, and Roethlisberger, how much you have hitting in the spring? It's going to be a, a question for Sharon Moore and Kirk Campbell, just what they want to do with the QBs. Because these are the, the kind of guys with Roethlisberger, you watch him in practice and somebody's bearing down on him. You say, oh, well, he would have been sacked. Well, he was so big and and identical at 6'5", compared to Big Ben, instead of running away from a would-be tackler, kind of sheds him himself and is able to buy some time. So I'm wondering just what that's going to be like, the – the uh, the hitting, the the physicality when it comes down to can they touch the the QBs? Will they go live with the QBs in spring ball or in the spring game? It's going to be something to keep an eye on. So that's it. Let's let's take some feedback on on Tuttle and see where where people are at when it comes down to it. Of course, it's not always just on. Tuttle can be something. Dennis is asking if we can get Sab back. They can, but I doubt that they will. Not to be a, a downer, but what are college players looking for right now? They're looking for, they want to play for a winner. Michigan's got that. They want playing time and a, a path to the NFL, and they want money. When it comes to the safety position, Michigan has Macari Page and they have Rod Moore in front of them. And you can make a case, well, you move him to nickel, you can get him some time here, you get him some reps. But he doesn't have as clear a path of playing time. Uh, it's not really a log jam, but he's got two starters in front of him. So Michigan does not have that. When it comes down to money, I don't know how they allocate their funds uh, if we're just talking about the safety position. But if there's... $100 to go to the safety position. How much is Paige getting? How much is Moore getting? And then how much would be left for Sab? I would think that he would be able to cash in 
somewhere else and then with a clearer path to playing time. So if I had to guess, I would say no. Although if you do want to take Michigan for their, their NIL word a couple of years ago and how they were approaching it, instead of getting guys at the beginning in high school and promising them the funds, it was rewarding them at the end and getting them money. And so Michigan may have some money that they could throw his way, but I would, I would say, I would tend to think no. Richard calling Tuttle a dark horse as a runner and passer. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I think it's a good way to describe it. Richard is talking about his uh, surprise of the season being running back Ben Hall. Speaking of the spring game, Ben Hall was, was pretty awesome last year in the spring game. Ferris says Tuttle is from San Marcos, California. Julian Sayan is from Carlsbad, California. Those two cities border each other. Wonder if they match up with each other in the game. Hmm. Just saying, right? Uh, you know, it could happen, right? Dennis asking if Michigan is going to bring in Corey Parker. Uh, the answer to that, I would think, is no. Michigan is bringing in Lamar Morgan as their defensive backs coach. Corey Parker has that job with Toledo. They're saying, well, could they bring him in as an analyst? Coaches want to coach on the field, so I, I don't think that that Parker is is coming in to be an analyst at Michigan when he's a defensive backs coach at uh, Toledo. Jamyon says, why does Tuttle feel like O'Corn 2.0 to me? I don't know, because he's been a backup, I guess. You'd have to answer that question yourself when it comes to that. So I don't know, although you got somebody else uh, understanding it. Uh, understanding what you're saying when you have a quarterback that started at IU and O'Corn was really successful or was he at Houston? I don't know. Successful. He had some nice numbers when, when he was at Houston. And so, but then when he came to Michigan, he was a backup. So that's why he has that kind of feeling to you. But uh, I get that. Let's see what Frank is saying. Michigan doesn't want to go into spring without a transfer if they aren't anticipating Orgy to be the quarterback. I think there's some truth to that, but Michigan might look at Tuttle and really like him. They might, the combination of, of Denigal and Orgy with the with the practice uh, or the, the competition playing out in front of them when they get a chance to monitor however they had i don't know if they're able to go over there and, and see those guys throwing over at glick when they're going through the paces but the word's going to get back to the coaches and, and how they're progressing i would say that it's pretty good news for the the five guys that michigan has these five guys if michigan doesn't go to the the transfer portal that tuttle orgy denegal warren and davis that they feel pretty good and because JJ went through the process and, and announced and, and, you know, was in the national championship game and then waited till was it the day after 
the uh, parade, which was what, January 13th. So he waited to the 14th. If you had 10 of the prized transfer portal quarterbacks, uh, they were all gone, or at least eight or nine of them were at that point. So you, it also might be somebody out there like Michigan likes their guys better than them. So I get it. I throw as much at the quarterback. It's the most important position we all know. So you throw as much as you possibly can. If there is a QB out there that U of M thinks can come in and possibly compete and win the job, then yeah, they would bring them in. But it doesn't mean that uh, that they will do that. It, it could mean it, it would mean good things for the five guys. It doesn't necessarily mean that, oh yeah, they wouldn't bring anybody in that's out there. It was picked over a little bit. So it's, it's going to be hard to get a feel. We'll be uh, keeping a big eye out obviously during the, uh, the game and then anything that comes out from the practice of those guys, Michael says, regardless of who it is, they're going to have some growing pains because of the big drop off just with uh, the swag that JJ brought. Well, yeah, J.J. brought some swag. J.J. could run and, and throw, and uh, J.J. was a, a, a great quarterback. This is, the, like, this is, again, like following Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh is a great college football coach. J.J. McCarthy is a great college quarterback. So the next guy, they get compared to Sharon Moore, gets compared to everything Sharon Moore, you know, Michigan, the defending national champs. It's tough to follow the legend. It's tough for these quarterbacks as well. And I agree. There will be some growing pains that comes along with that. Richard saying that Denigal, or as they call him, he's calling him Den. I've heard him called Denny. Denny showing his arm in uh, mop up. Antoine weighing in on the quarterback position. He says, no big drop-off. I don't know why people keep saying that, like Michigan is running something complicated. Well, the the big drop-off comes in, Antoine, where you're going to have a first-time starter. You could put Tuttle and say, no, Tuttle started some games in Indiana. Okay, fair point. You're following a first-rounder, a first-round pick, and the greatest quarterback ever at Michigan. So when you say no big drop off, it's not just the about it being complicated. Probably anybody that you put in there is going to have is not going to come in and be like JJ McCarthy. So there's that. I'm not really sure somebody is putting in a Well, I'll just put it up here. Usually, I, I thought this was some kind of spam, but somebody's putting something up about uh, basketball, so I, I really don't know what that is. Denegal and Orgy will share the quarterback job with Tuttle as the third stringer. Little little prediction from Scott coming in on it. Uh, AJ says he has stopped listening to the stupid media. I've been hearing the same stuff about Michigan every year. We got into the damn playoffs with McNamara. Yeah, I would say that Antoine or AJ Antoine, it's a it's a good idea to stop listening to the stupid media. Listen to the guys that that know a little bit uh something. 
FK is not really in favor of getting a transfer QB because of Tuttle. He's kind of the insurance policy. Let Orgy, Denical, or Tuttle win the spot. We should be fine. Scott predicting that it's going to be Denical with Orgy coming in for third downs and special sets. Frank uh, is having some sob remorse. Was a threat to transfer as soon as Moore came back. Yeah, I agree with that. Gina wondering what the portal will bring for wide receivers. Well, Michigan wanted, they were, they brought the kid in from Wake, and then they brought in another, I think from Indiana. There were two, and both of the guys, 6'3", 6'4", 6'5". So Michigan will be looking at that portal in spring for, if you said, based on them looking at a taller wideout, two of them, one from Indiana, one from Wake Forest, a month or so ago, and then you say, well, they'll probably be looking for a big target in the spring in the transfer portal. I would say absolutely. So that's what they'll be looking for. So that's it. Scott saying we don't need we don't need Sab. Very good player. We don't need him. Yeah. Need him. You you don't you want to keep very good players, but what are you going to do? You have college football now where each player is a free agent. Now you think about free agency in, in the NFL, you know, wow, this team's got five or six free agents. Every player is a free agent. Every player is looking for playing time, money, playing time, money, and a chance to win. And maybe a direct line to the NFL, you can kind of put those four together. Sure, school is going to be something, too. I don't want to, you know, look down my nose at school, whatever it costs for four years to go to Michigan. That's a that's a pretty that's a pretty penny uh, in addition to anything else that you're you're getting. The, the education is very valuable considering uh, how many of these guys actually will end up going pro. But again, we we do it. We do it in basketball. And we certainly do it in football. We tend to look at the guys that are, are going to be early draft picks, certainly draft picks in the NFL, and Sab, Keon Sab has that look. So, but this is a this is a way I think Michigan fans probably should look at it. Very good player, but Michigan does have that. That's why he's out there. That is why it, it's happening that way. There's so old TC. We haven't seen him in a long time. It says, if Michigan has a Jalen Milrow and a Ben Roethlisberger in their quarterback room, I would like to know if other football programs have tried to get them to leave Michigan. Do other programs covet them? Well, how about this? And and this is the part. Does Sharon Moore come out and say, if Alex Orgy goes out there and clearly wins the job and he's the better quarterback in practice and, you know, that word starts coming out there and then in the spring game, he lights it up and Denigal really doesn't. Does Sharon Moore come out and say, yep, Orgy's our guy. Or does he say, hey, this competition is still going on to try to protect that. Will there be other teams? that will be looking to get the odd man out to transfer. And the answer to that is Trepa, Trepa is probably. Jason feels like Orgy is the clear-cut favorite right now. 
it, it's weird saying you know, the only thing that they're doing right now is throwing with shorts in which is something but saying anything about a, a clear cut favorite right now who's the most accurate passer and then they're zipping it out there without that's the thing when you're a fabulous athlete in in orgy we're going to get to that in a minute like he's the orgy looks like he might be one of the greatest athletes ever at michigan and you have this as a quarterback and the the one part that he needs to work on would be his accuracy. So if they're just out there in shorts and zipping the ball around, Orgy might not be the clear-cut favorite as you're watching it. Could be Denigal. Could be Davis Warren. All of that. So you're going to factor all of that kind of stuff in. Antoine's telling everybody right now, if Orgy is available to put it all together, we're going to make it another championship run. I like that kind of talk. AJ, huh? Uh, I sure do. All right. So speaking of orgy, we'll get two more in here. SW Lyon says athleticism at quarterback is fine, but if he can't hit the broad side of the barn, that's not going to help against better teams. Denigal is probably a better pure passer uh, for sure when we're looking at that and how we're talking about it. We're going to watch this video in just one second. Uh, Tuttle, what he has going for him, 6'4 and 210 and experience. Uh, he has the most snaps as a college football player. They get about what he did at Indiana and then a seventh year. Insert your jokes about uh, you know him being uh, the, the grandpa of the team and that kind of stuff. So. That is all there. So when it comes to Alex Orgy, I looked at this picture. This I think this is a picture from two years ago from Orgy's Instagram. And what jumps out, he's just running. But he looks like he, he looks like a linebacker as he's you know, in his tank top and shorts. Two weeks ago, Kirk Campbell was talking about the quarterbacks, and when he mentioned Orgy and what they did to bring him in, they mentioned this thing at Michigan that they call the Key Performance Indicators, KPI. And he said, Orgy's number one at Michigan in KPI, their Key Performance Indicators. Last year, Chris Jenkins, who made that freak list for the athletic, was number one in KPI. But then Orgy overtook him last year, and Jenkins didn't like that. But he said, this is what we're dealing with when it comes down to Orgy. So all of the things that they're looking at, the, the, the three cones, the shuffles, the 40, the weightlifting, Orgy's a monster. Now, look, just like when we get into the the combine, things that you do in the – you can be a combine warrior. It doesn't necessarily translate to the field. But also, you really like having key performance indicators and you blasting them all and being like the, the the super freak of all super freaks, which is what I think we're dealing with with Orgy. I saw this video last week. You probably saw it. It's from, it's from the summer or even from last year. No, because it was after the spring game. And in... 
Orgy, they have him squatting like 600 pounds. And what I remember about Jalen Hurts when he originally went to Alabama, he was one of the, you know, of course, Alabama's getting top guys. Jalen Hurts was squatting like, you know, over 500 pounds, 550 when when he was in high school. And I'd never seen anything like that. And that's why it reminds me of Orgy. Hurts and Orgy remind me of one another. Jalen Hurts got benched after he won the national championship, came back and got benched at the halftime of the national championship game. And Nick Saban put in Tua. Tua threw the touchdown pass against Georgia and won the national championship. Jalen Hurts stayed at Bama, and then Tua got hurt the next year, and then Hurts came in and won an SEC championship for Bama by staying around. Then he hit the transfer portal and went to uh, Oklahoma with Lincoln Riley and improved his draft stock. The rest is history. What was he, a second, third round? I think a second round pick for the Eagles. And then not this past season, actually took a big step backwards. I think it was because of injuries, but the year before, yeah, they're going to get MVP. And going into the NFL, a lot of the gurus said, Hurts just, he doesn't throw with anticipation. He's just, he's not a guy that's going to be able to throw the football. Uh, he can't throw beyond the hashes. He's just all in, the, in, in between the hashes. Doesn't have the, doesn't have that NFL type uh, accuracy. And Jalen Hurts in, in high school was a uh, 593 completion percentage. You look at Alex Orgy, 502, that alarms a lot of people. And in fact, when they saw that, I think re- recruiting, people that are into recruiting and look at the numbers said, you just can't have that kind of completion percentage and expect to be a, a college football quarterback. Now you get coaching and can you get better in that area? You can. And when you are putting the list of all the things that you want in a quarterback and then, you know, you get to completion percentage. If you're ticking all of the other things and not just ticking them, but you're like number one, speed, strength, uh, you know, all of these things, it's, it's, it's a little different when it comes down to completion percentage. If you can bowl over a defensive tackle and you can outrun the fastest guy on the other team, if you're able to get to the edge, you don't have to be a the the most accurate quarterback in the country. So those things all factor in. I just want to look, and I'll do a little bit of the play-by-play when it comes down to it, because there'll be people that are watching, uh, or I'm sorry, not watching, but they'll be listening to the podcast. So this is just a minute long, and a couple different videos put together of, of Alex Orgy. And, you know, they, they've got him with his shirt off. Here he is, you know, bowling over a player at the goal line. He's doing a backflip. Here he is doing a pirouette and then throwing the ball. And I don't know if he was trying to hit the goalpost, but it appears that he did in this video, which is pretty amazing. And then it's just more, at, there's the spring game where he knocks two guys down. In, in high school, well, Orgy's listed at 6'3". 
he doesn't look 6'3". You can grow by the time you get from from high school. I just look at the football roster and what he was. He's listed at 6'3", 236 on the 23 Michigan football roster. He doesn't look 6'3 to me. Does it mean he's not? Here he is in high school going out of the goal line, getting ready to bowl. Oh, no, he's not going to bowl somebody over. He leaps the would-be tackler into the end zone. Nice highlight reel. Here he is, a put-back jam in high school with his head above the rim. Here he is, a, a windmill. Now, here he is in high school as a junior squatting 600. Now, I counted the plates. They have six on each side, and one of those 45 pounds, and then the bar is 45 pounds. So that actually doesn't add up to 600. Five doesn't add up to five uh, five uh, 75, I think, if you add it all together. But I'm not really quibbling. This is the thing that reminded me of, of Jalen Hurts. And I can't see all the weight. And But who knows who this guy is that's just putting this all together. And I can't see at the very end. Here's a little bit of our spring coverage with him uh, laying one out there for Morgan. Here he is in high school whipping one 60 yards down the field to a, a teammate. Here's another uh, 360 jam, 60 yards, throwing the ball. All oh, pretty incredible stuff. When you look at Orgy and you watch that film, if you've probably seen that. Like I said, this has been going around. You're, you guys are, you guys watch YouTube. You've, you've probably seen that a hundred times. I didn't, the, the squat of nearly 600 pounds, the other stuff, I've seen some of that stuff, and I saw that him leaping over the guy at the goal line. This guy's an incredible athlete. He is an incredible athlete. What we're dealing with here, and you think about Hertz, each step of the way has been knocked. And then I even saw, uh, was, I'm sorry, Team 33 or Big 33. I don't know who all is behind that, but I think there's like some pro guys in there, and they they, they were putting their they're just ranking the quarterbacks like everyone else. And after the three, they had hurt so far down the list. I'm thinking, you know, knocking hurts, but like you could put him at maybe 10. I would still put him closer to five than 10, but these guys had him like closer to 15, which I thought was a, a was a huge knock on him. But that's what it, that's what happens. When you don't have the arm, you're not sitting out there and, and throwing the ball like, uh, like Josh Allen or, Patrick Mahomes, then, then you're gonna get you're gonna get nicked a little bit. And and Hertz did not have a great year. I think he had a banged up knee. But the, the point is, is that Orgy and Hertz, although Orgy is listed as a, even bigger, Jalen Hertz. Maybe we'll have the. The, the Philadelphia, the brotherly shove at Michigan, the Main Street Mauler or whatever. I don't know. You're going to have to come up with something there if it is, in fact, uh, uh, orgy going with the uh, the shove. This is a pretty pretty good uh, point by Antoine. Tackling orgy and or Mullins will be a nightmare. I agree with you on that. Ferris is saying you're making me think Alex Orgy is Bo Jackson. Well, he's just got great. So, you know, <laughs> maybe back down a little bit from uh from from Bo Jackson but great measurables Michael Wilson uh, bringing up Tate Forcier who 
I don't know why you're bringing up Tate Forsey <laughs> because he had fun tape and guys have great tapes. It makes you think about let's see him do it out on the field. Yeah. Orgy doesn't remind me at all of Tate Forcier. And then Tate Forcier had some issues off the field, which I think held him back from being able to reach his potential. So I don't really know why uh, Michael is putting Forcier's name up there, but what else? Uh, that, what else? What are you going to do? How does Orgy compare to Milrow? Well, Having seen Milrow in the Rose Bowl and having watched him all year long, Milrow is like the we haven't seen Orgy in college games like we have Milrow, but Milrow is built like a brick house and he's built like a Jalen Hurts. And and so is Orgy. That's why. Guys are monsters. The guys look like they are Bo Jacksons playing the quarterback position. So I can see why those are the uh, the comps. Yeah, I don't know. Like maybe you guys watch some other podcast and they compared them to Tate Forcier. I on the comments would say. Way off, guy. Or is that what they, you know, bro? Bad comparison, bro. I'm not. And if it's just somebody here that wanted to do it, I don't want to call you bro and, and make you feel bad or anything. And there's really, if you're making the comparison that you know you liked Forcier some of his film and then it really didn't work out, so you're you're thinking that that's possibly orgy. There's like, there, to me, there's zero comparison to orgy and Forcier. So, uh, how tall was was Tate Forcier? Could Tate Forcier blast somebody over? Tate Forcier could run around a little bit. You want to say Tate Forcier reminds you a little bit of Doug Flutie back in the day, something like that? I'll buy it. But nothing physically, zero, zero reminds me of Forcier and Orgy. So. Where are we going? Where would that? Where are you getting that from? And again, if it's just your own, like you thought, hey, these guys both played at Michigan. I thought it would be fun to compare them to see what Fithian thought about it. Oh, yeah, I don't want to knock it too much, but it makes it sound like maybe there's somebody out there that does a podcast that that's cooking that comp uh, comp up. And I would say for that person, that would be a red flag on that person when it comes down to comparison. So there we are. And if it's you blank name, you, you're, you're, you're the guy that's cooking up the comparison. Forcier can outrun a 300 pound lineman or G can outrun a cornerback. Yeah, I'm there. Mark coming in and saying Alabama sniffed out that orgy pass in the Rose bowl. That went for negative four yards. Yeah. Alabama knew that he was going to run too. And he, 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 he ripped off a 15 yarder <laughs> just like that. You knew it was coming. It was telegraphed that he was coming and it still went for 15 yards. That's the, there's the little exciting part when we have seen the, the flashes. And if orgy was doing that, 
last year against East Carolina and UNLV or BG, you'd say, let's think about the competition. But Orgy, the, the packages for Orgy, when did they start? Ohio State, the Rose Bowl, the national championship game. They were putting Orgy in in the biggest games late in the year and putting him out there. I don't know. I, I'm I'm pretty fired up. I think if you're a Michigan fan, you should be pretty fired up. You don't know. You don't know where the the ceiling the somebody was talking about floor and ceiling. The ceiling is going to be the roof, as Jordan would say for for Alex Orgy. The the Milrow comparison that is out there, I can see that. Two guys that look like they're cut out of granite, and could could play any position out on the field, and they're playing quarterback, and they're tough to bring down. So tough that you think like just run them every time. Now. Bill Rowe was stopped on that fourth down, and Michigan went to the national championship game. Andre is just talking about orgy on the power. Look out. Defense. SW Lyon thinks the offense will be more creative with Campbell. Yeah, I don't know why creative. I don't really need I, – I, what I want is points on the board. I want touchdowns. I want Michigan, if Michigan could get the same production out of their offense, they could be, however you want to look at it, smash, man ball, whatever you're looking at, I'm in favor of Michigan having the same kind of results offensively that they did last year. They were a top 15 offense. Ding! I'll take it. I don't need it, the ball to be thrown all over the yard. Get me points. Get me dubs. Jam is talking about Orgy being a more athletic Gavin Wimsat. Still a lot unknown there passing. Wimsat, who's he, the, the Rutgers quarterback? Yeah. I'll buy that. We've got Richard. I didn't actually hear him say this, but Richard is saying that Jim Harbaugh said Milrow was a polished orgy. Now that you say that, maybe I thought at first you, you had it the other way around. Maybe he did say that. Corey making a prediction. He says he thinks this team will surprise the nation and even us as Michigan fans. Maybe. Blank Dame says he hopes not when it comes to Wimsat. He saw him play the worst quarter of football he's ever seen against Ohio State. Wide open guys, overthrown by 10 yards. Well, there you go. So you do have to – here's my feeling right now without having watched him in the spring and certainly uh, I don't know against Texas, how he's going to do against Texas on September the 7th, 24. I think he's going to be able to run the ball. He's going to be able to run over guys. Is he going to be able to do enough? Many times does he have to throw the ball? Look at JJ sometimes this year. 
throwing the ball 20 times. I'm looking at JJ against BG, 8 of 13, 143 yards and two TDs. That was okay, but oh, yeah, he had uh, three picks. (laughs) I didn't want that part. JJ at Nebraska, 12 of 16, two touchdowns. Michigan got up 45-0. I think the part about that is if, if you've got a running game blasting you with Donovan Edwards and Khalil Mullings and, as Richard says, Ben Hall, Jordan Marshall, any of those three coming at you, and Alex Orgy running the football as well, you might only have to throw the ball 16 times a game. I don't know. Oh, no. People don't like that, but it, you know, when I take 16 times a game, 12 of 16, I take 10 of 16. I certainly would take uh, games that where you're getting out to 45 nothing. GMA is uh, predicting a 65 35 run pass split, and he'd bet almost half the runs are RPO reads designed quarterback run. Yeah, if it's orgy. Antoine doubling down, saying that's why I'm saying we don't need an all-world quarterback. What Orgy lacks in accuracy, you'll make up with power and athleticism. I think the coaches that are watching this are saying, you know, Antoine, we sometimes call him the coach. I think they're saying exactly, Antoine. It's different. If you have Orgy, it's different than if you have Michael Penix. Different type of approach and how it's going to go. Let's see, Mark. Mark is saying 400 yards offense is enough for elite teams with a quality D. And he mentions Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Alabama. None got to 400 yards and 26 points a winner. Yeah. If we're talking about it, I, I, I guess we can do this every show. I don't have any problem with Michigan next year. In what we're looking at. Oh, hey, lady. Um, Michigan has Texas, uh, Oregon, and Ohio State. But they have Texas and Oregon at home. Are they going to lose all three of those games? I don't think so. Can they win two out of those three games? I think so. But it's it's early to be, to be slamming my fist down or saying, Michigan will beat. Texas, Oregon, and whatever, Ohio State. I would take the wins over Oregon and Ohio State if I could pick two. I could just pick one. I'd pick Ohio State. Two losses could still get you into the college football playoff. Playoff with a 12-teamer. If I had to predict today, and it's no, it's not fun to say, oh, I think Michigan's going to drop a couple games. I think that they'll they could they could lose two, three games. But in if you wanted to pin me down right now today, I'd say 10 and 2. And those are the three games. And I would put Washington in there. I know they got to replace a lot, but at Washington, going to the West Coast is always tough. 
I think those are the four toughest games. Ohio State, at Ohio State, Oregon, Texas, at Washington. Those are the four. Can they win three out of those four? I think they'll win two out of those four. Let's start with Texas. Beat the horns. Then you're off and you're off and running, feeling pretty good. Mark getting into a little gambling already. He's saying that Vegas has Michigan at nine and a half. Bet the over. You know, if I if I think they're gonna win ten and I can see nine and three, I, I'm what I do, Mark, I don't know how you do it. I'll do this for all the college teams. Before I look at all the overs and unders, I'll go through and I'll say, yeah, I see that. I, and and I, I do it with the NFL, too, pick the the win totals. And then when I actually see them, so if I'm picking Michigan right now 10-2, and two, when I look and I see 9.5, that's not one that I want to bet. If I picked Michigan at 10 and I saw the over and under at, let's say, 7.5, 8.5, that's one that I would do. That's worked for me. Now, I've only been playing the futures for about two, three years. But it's worked for me that way. So I would say don't bet. I like saying bet when it comes to Michigan. But I would not bet that one. Mark bets the NASDAQ. That's the way to go. Safer. Better returns. I'm with you on that. I just bet small amounts for fun. Very small amounts. Heck, I, I bet the the NASCAR race. But I was also going to watch it yesterday at, what, 2.30 or 3 o'clock. I was watching college basketball. I'm like, oh, Daytona's on. Let's, let's go ahead, put a dollar on somebody. And then it got rained out. There you go. Aren't you saying Washington won't be last year's Washington? Well, that's for sure. A lot of people are saying that about Michigan. But, no, I hear you. Okay. For all of you folks out there, we have gone through and talked about quarterbacks, get into Orgy and Tuttle, looked at them a little bit. Now I am going to shift gears and go to basketball. I have a list of 10 coaches. Michigan basketball coaching hot list 2.0. As I put, this is, where's this list from? This is my list. I went through the coaches. I put them all down here. And you can say, this is a terrible list. You can say, it's a good list. I'm already changing as I look at this. As I put this list up, and then I was waiting for the show to start, I started looking through. And my previous list, I had Nate Oates, the the coach of Alabama up there. I don't really like Nate Oates. And I know they had the, the situation with, the Millers last year, the, the, the murder situation. It was how it was handled. I was thinking that that was probably going to keep Michigan away from them. Then I saw that Nate Oates has a $12 million buyout. Michigan's not getting Nate Oates. He can't be on any list. Now, somebody was telling me that Shaka Smart has a gigantic buyout at Marquette. It wouldn't surprise me. He just signed a gigantic deal and a gigantic extension, which takes him to 2029-30. And so with that, he probably does have a gigantic extension. So I feel like Smart's name, and you might not like Smart anyways, but I I think that 
it would be wise to put a line through smart. The coach at Iowa State, who I'm going to be watching tonight, Iowa State is at number three, Houston. I'm looking forward to that game. TJ Otzelberger. Looked at his bio. He was at South Dakota State. He coached under Greg McDermott. He's a rising star in college basketball, but I was looking at the particulars of his buyout, and what it looked like to me is that he's also signed to a lengthy deal, and if, or I'm sorry, to a deal to 2026. And if I was reading the contract correctly, if he takes another Division One job while his athletic director is still there, and, and he still is there, the athletic director, The other team has to pay whatever's remaining on his contract as a buyout. So that's getting up to where he's making a million and a half a year. You're getting up to like 7 million for him as well. So you probably have to cross him out. A lot of people think Dusty May, because of that last name, is ticketed to IU. Maybe IU doesn't make a move. Maybe you're like, I watched Dusty May and FAU get... Killed yesterday. I'm not taking Dusty May. He was a one-year wonder. That's fine. McDermott is, I watched Creighton yesterday. I continue to like this Creighton team. Shirts, McDermott, DeVries, you'd say, they're not going to be taking any of these guys from these colleges. Mm. Maybe, maybe not. You could be right with any of this, but here's what I know. Here's what I think anyways, that if Michigan stays the same with their admissions, that is they can't get a guy after a year or two anywhere else because the the credits aren't going to transfer. And there's no indication that Michigan uh, people have been crying or keep crying. That's fine. People have been complaining about Michigan's admissions for the last couple of years. Remember, Michigan wanted to get uh, Caleb Love from Arizona. They wanted to go to get the guy from Illinois, who had Terrence Shannon Jr., who ended up going, and he was committed, but they couldn't because of admissions. They're not changing admissions, so that's tying a little bit of their arm behind their back, and Michigan is playing it above board in NIL, apparently, which is going to be make it difficult for getting a one-year guy, so they might have to look at a coach that you're thinking, there's no John Beelines out there, but a coach that you think, this is a, a they're going to have to build a four-year team, a team with four years that they can get some upperclassmen to make a run. It's not going to be an every-year type, this is teams expected to go to the Final Four. And so they might want to look to some of the lower rungs, at least, out of the uh, group of five. And look for some rising star, like Josh Schertz at Indiana State, like Darian DeVries at Drake. And look at some of these other coaches that could be on here for an up-and-coming star. That's what I'm looking at. So that's my list, and it changes. I think the the next uh, list that I put together – smart because of the buyout and Otzelberger because of that buyout are likely to be off this list. 
That's what Corey's saying. It's it's probably. I, I'll just read what he says. It won't matter what coach they get until they get the NIL going. Well, how are they going to get that going? I'm asking. I don't know. Patino as a retread. Yeah, I, I don't see Patino after everything that he's been through. And then Patino just yesterday took his entire team and threw him under the bus. And then he backed it up and ran him over the bus again. And then he went forward and ran him over the bus again three times. He called them, I'll paraphrase, he called them a bunch of suckers and a bunch of trash. That's what Rick Patino did yesterday. And yeah, you could overlook that. He's Rick Patino. You could overlook the hookers and the 15-second interlude he had at the back of that uh, rest. All of those things you could overlook. But I don't know if Patino, how old's Patino? He's got to be 80 years old. Certainly 70. I'm not, there's nothing against people that are 70 years old. Like John Beeline's 71. John Beeline would be great if he was 65. You could at least say, you're looking at five years. You want to be a coach. The guys that are 70, are you thinking they're going to coach their their 75? Maybe little Tom Izzo will, but I don't know how many other coaches are doing that. And Patino maybe just looks 80, but who am I to say what, what anybody looks like? You know, not making fun of him. But he's, he's 70. Mark talking about Bobby Knight. Yeah, let's see if anybody else had any. <laughs> there we go. Uh, Patino in 2024. This makes me, no, 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 it doesn't make me feel old. I do remember at the very beginning when, when Michigan went to John Beeline, they dismissed Tommy Amaker. And then. There was a rally for Rick Patino down at the Diag. And, and, you know, people were really, at that point, I was thinking Rick Patino too. Yeah, Rick Patino. So we're talking about 2006. We're talking about Rick, the 2006 Rick Patino, not the 2024 Rick Patino. But that's if they are looking and they make a, a move. Oh, sing. All right. So that's what I see. That's what I'm looking at. I'll adjust this list. I appreciate anybody putting any other coaches out there that, that they would like to look at. Blank likes uh, Shaka, but then there it is with that buyout. Again, I couldn't. I, I looked for about the first 10 stories after I Googled buyout, and I saw a lot of the contract details, and, it just, it, I think that he's going to have a really big buyout because they just signed him to this lengthy deal last year to the end of the decade. And Marquette, I could see them locking him in. I like Chris Collins at Northwestern as well. Michigan plays in Evanston on Thursday night. Now I like Chris, I like Doug Collins. I like Chris Collins. You see what Chris Collins is doing there at Northwestern. Northwestern isn't taking NLI or yeah. 
and and throwing gigantic money at anybody. And isn't there they need a coach like Collins? I think with how they're going to do it with admissions. He's got a similar type situation. Northwestern basketball is in a similar type situation that Michigan. Although Michigan can, you would think, and say, why would Chris Collins leave Northwestern? Money. That's why. And maybe the idea that the academics getting guys in would be a little bit, say, easier at Michigan. People are like, don't say. It's, I think that could be true, though. There it is. Bag for Kerr. Okay, Mark. Got some ideas. Thanks so much for watching. Smash that like button. Thanks so much if you are someone who takes the time to listen to this podcast. I heard, I was listening to a a podcast, and the host said that as they were looking at their numbers, that it was determined that most people, only listen to four or five, you know, there's a 3 million podcasts down there, but they, they generally just listen to uh, about four or five podcasts that they have in their rotation. And so people aren't listening to like 20 podcasts. And at first I said, wow, is that it? And then I thought about myself and I'm thinking, I only listen to about four or five podcasts. It can be a little bit different when golf season, when, when golf comes, I'm not a all year round, but when the golf majors start, I could add one in there. When, but I think that's, that's probably true. Most people only listen to about four or five. So thanks if I'm in that rotation uh, with you. That's what I wanted to say. I try to get it out. We'll be back with you on Wednesday. Look forward to everybody joining us then. Everybody have a great Monday and we'll talk with you on Wednesday. So long.